Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. To all kinds of family, we chose this one. It's episode 190 F9, Second Gear. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Jacobs. Challenging today, reinventing tomorrow. For more than 70 years, Jacobs engineers, technicians, and scientists have provided integrated solutions to help solve the complex challenges of human spaceflight. Shout out to Jacobs. Well, shout out to Jacobs. What an appropriately titled company for this lap in this episode. After the break, resident historian Mike Manzi, the Mikester, will be here to talk about F9 once again. As a reminder, we'll be talking about F9 every three weeks this entire lap. Uh, every three to make sure that all past guests get a chance to talk about it if they want to. Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? I went to Pittsburgh this weekend because it was 4th of July to um, help my parents out at the store. In a great news update, uh, this is like the anniversary of like when my dad got assaulted last year. That didn't oh, happen yeah. this year. That didn't happen this year. <laughs> so Very cool. Better than last year already. Things seem to be like looking up there, so that's good. Um, everybody seems like a little bit more relaxed. It wasn't as hot. Masks have relaxed. People seem to be less on edge. So I went there, hung out with them. Um, my sister is not there. She moved to Virginia, so it was like the first weekend I've been home ever that she like wasn't in the house. It was like a shout weird... out Maria. I know she's listening. Exactly. So it was like a weird dynamic, but um, it was awesome. Got to spend a lot of time with my mom, and my dad. We, I like bought a new grill for his house and like grilled some food. They had some friends over on Fourth of July, and um, then I took Rachel to the point, like because you know in Pittsburgh there's three rivers, right? Two rivers converge into to the Ohio, the Allegheny, and the Monongahela, and at the point there, they have a fountain, and they do fireworks from the rivers off, like, off of barges, and kind of, like, have them so that they just display in the middle there. Sure. So we went down to the park and watched those, and it was awesome, because they always have, like, a pretty good fireworks display down there. Rachel, like, as we're leaving, Rachel's like, I am absolutely too old to deal with crowds anymore music festivals are pretty much out she was just like very overwhelmed even though rachel's younger than you who's younger than me yes she was just like like that you know like that that herd of people i was like imagine like and we're not even all on drugs this time right like we used to go to a lot of music festivals they're like zombie shows at the end of it this was just people watching fireworks with their kids and it still was like too many people all trying to go one direction at one time is that covid or just like elderly exhaustion i'm gonna call you guys aged people i think it was maybe both like this was like our first big crowd kind of since covid and like you know a year and a half in between at like an age where you're like i really hate people even more than i thought i ever could oh and then um matt is visiting from atlanta so he matt's gonna come and he's staying at our house for like a week and a half or two weeks or something so that's what I've been up to this week. How about you? Uh, I've done a lot, I feel. Tell On me. Thursday, recorded an episode of High School Summer Party with Brian. We did his yearbook special, which is out now, where we did the, uh, like, we have the Hall of Fame voting, which is open yes. now. If you have not yet voted for the Too Fast, Too Forever Hall of Fame, cageclub.me slash bracket. Go there. Vote for that thing, please. A couple more weeks. We're going to close it. Let me actually take a look. We're going to unveil the nominees in three episodes on Fast Five. So you have about two more weeks as of the time of this to get that vote in. 
but please vote, cast your votes, and remember, not voting for something is a no, so if you want to either cast something in or make sure that things don't fall off, yep. vote, 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 cageclub.me slash bracket. But for Brian's thing, he did a similar you know kind of thing that he does every year, his class superlatives, so I, I recorded those with things. him on Thursday. Yeah. I, I voted for Rad in every category, and Rad did not win a single thing, so... I voted for Rad, too, and also I heard a little segment called Twilight Forever won... So I was pretty excited about that. I did not vote for that. No offense to you, but a little (laughs) offense to you. But I also told Brian, I'm like, why don't you call these courses or classes? He's like, oh, I should be doing that. I'm like, yeah. That's a really fucking good idea. I like to pitch him like some different um, terminology. Like we always like kick around terminology. So that's really cool. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to change. Like, you know, he's got his life instead of laps over there for Twilight Forever. But uh, courses like the the two Corey's course or whatever. Right. So it's so smart. Yep, I like it. Then on Friday, I went to New York. It was my triumphant return to New York for the first time cool. since COVID. For what? They had the banners out. They had all sorts of... They welcomed me back with open arms. They're like, Joey, we missed you. It's been... <laughs> boy, it's been like 17 months or something since you've been here. Welcome back. The city is happy to have you. I visited my friends who I had not seen their apartment. They got a beautiful apartment near Central Park, which was cool. great to see. But then we went to the Yankee game, which got rained out. Oh, So we sorry, went there because my friend's birthday was on Sunday, the 4th of July. Well, thank you so much. But uh, we went there because he and his wife and a couple of us, uh, me and Bob, actually, of How to Win the Lottery, uh, we went to the game and we were there and it got rained out. So we're going to get we're going to go later in the season to a different game, I think. But yeah, that was kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. Then we went to a karaoke bar, which, so this was also weird. So we went to a karaoke bar. I feel like you always wind up at karaoke bars. I've only gone to two ever, and I don't think I've ever talked about the other one. Oh, man. I, I For some reason, I felt like you're always like winding up at a karaoke bar with on these stories, but go ahead. I don't think so, but we went to one, and my friend was like, this is a really nice one. We got there, he's like, this is beautiful, and then they had, like, no songs. We don't know what happened if they just, like, didn't pay their licensing fee, but, you know, for instance, like, Britney's in the news a lot, so I just, like, looked up, not that I'm going to sing a Britney Spears song, but I just want to look up what they had, and they only had a medley. They had none of her other songs. They had no songs by Beck. Like, these are just, like, extra glaring omissions. They had three songs by Andrew WK, but not party hard so just like what and you know they had a bunch of songs like they had 2,000 songs or something but it was just like a lot of songs that like should be like staples or not even staples just like you would think like pretty big artists they didn't have so it was weird very weird yeah Sunday was 4th of July so I went down to my friend's place in Tom's River um, and they live in a nice house and they live in a nice part of town but they live like adjacent to all these mega mansions basically uh, it was wonderful because as soon as the even before the sun went down but really as soon as the sun went down everybody was like showing off like there had to be we had to see like, like 10 or 15 different shows because they're basically they live not on the bay but like adjacent to the bay and so it's you see some towns doing fireworks shows but it's also just like all these like millionaires probably spending like 15 or twenty thousand dollars in fireworks and it's just it was amazing like everywhere cool. we looked like all over the bay and then like neighbors and everything it was just it was amazing no crowds because it was just us they were, were just in their backyard very cool uh, so yeah. rachel would have enjoyed that but yeah for sure that was great also they got and this might be of, of interest to you they got a flat top grill for their backyard a blackstone yeah yeah he and my friend matt made uh Sausage peppers, which was good. He also made probably the best burgers I've ever had homemade on the grill. Smash like he burgers. just took like a yes, yes, yeah. like a two and a half ounce mm-hmm. little thing that he smashed down. Basically, as soon as it was done cooking on the one side, like it almost cooks all the way through on the one yep. side. Flip it over, throw cheese on it, and like in probably five minutes, he he cooked up like 
you put two two of those patties on a bun and like it was just it was unbelievably good yep and i mean he, they're they're great outdoor you know barbecue kind of chef cooks anyway but uh i'm so, so good. jealous so of these blackstone flat tops they're really really cool like you could do all kinds of stuff on it and um when i i think i said it but when i was visiting rachel's parents one of their friends had the the pizza grill like the pizza thing oven mm-hmm. i need to up my outside cooking game i have the smoker and the grill and stuff but like flat top and pizza oven are next so they're on the list and they got a big one you can get a smaller one but they got one that was like i think three or four burners i think you can get a smaller one of course but uh they got a nice one and it, it matt does a great job with that so shout out to them monday i did nothing except watch tv because i'm like i uh, just want to lay around you nothing and then last night i saw a little movie called f9 again which i know you did I, too I we'll talk yesterday. about it after the break yeah. yes well, yeah, so that's that's all I've been up to. But uh, fun week, fun, fun week. Anyway, we have a Patreon page, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleiman, and Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting the $5 level or above. If you like the show, and want to contribute financially, you can do that there. You also get perks. You get all every episode early. You get monthly bonus episodes. At certain tiers, you get stickers or your choice of movies. Yep. And like we said, Michael joined, you know, a couple episodes ago, and he's got his, his pick locked for this lap. So That's awesome. if you want to join TooFast2Forever.com or be like Jenny, our new patron, either Jenny, join at $1 and then don't cancel. But yeah, thumbs up for that. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me if you want to email in. So here we go. I want to I want to quickly scan. We have five emails, and I don't think no none of these are spoilers. So we don't have to have a separate mailbag here. So we have three from Alex, one from Jerry, and one from Nick. So first up from Alex, subject line: Can't believe I forgot this. Okay. If Fast and Furious crosses over with Transformers, does that mean that Roman joined the military after Too Fast? Because Tyrese is in both movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot this too, bud. But now that you said it, I remember him in the early one. Yeah. I was thinking, and I don't know if it was, maybe it was this email or maybe it was just thinking about, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I think we need to do, maybe next year, maybe the year after, we need to do Too Fast, Too Furious laugh, like we had the Tokyo Drift laugh, and that's the movies of John Singleton, the movies of Tyrese, the movies of Ludacris, the movies of Devin Aoki, and then maybe some kind of wild card in there too. But there's a lot of good stuff that we have not covered yet that we could, but uh, also including our Debs crossover with Brian, the high school movie that Devin Aoki and... uh, Jordan Brewster in together, so. Oh, that's true, yeah. Alex's next email, subject line, Braga is just a bad manager. Corey talking about Braga having Phoenix kill the racers after completing the tunnel run in four made me think of something. Presumably, only the four racers are carrying drugs through the tunnels, right? Clearly, Phoenix can make this run pretty easily. Why are they significantly increasing their exposure by involving the street racers at all, let alone killing them or keeping them alive and involving someone you may or may not trust? Felix can make that run by himself, so why doesn't he just do that a few times a week instead? One car will have less radar radar presence than five. Braga's success was in spite of his terrible planning and leadership skills. I think that the thing is that cartels use this method. All, I understand your point, Alex, but the cartels use this this method of splitting things up and using more people because if one package gets caught, sure. you have four that presumably get through so i think that maybe that factors into it because like you know we watch a lot of these like busted at the border type shows and it's always like they send like four vans with drugs into the border at once like the border crossing and if they catch one of them they're like whatever 
three got through. So I'm thinking maybe it's that. I'm thinking now Turbocharged Prelude, a much better title would have been Buster at the Border. Buster at the Border. I like it. And then Alex sends one more email, subject line Nas. By the way, Nas Energy Drink came out in 2005. The name was, li- the name was licensed from Holly, who makes Nitro System. So... There we go. We were asking oh, okay. about that. I think Corey was asking if, uh, the if it was made for the movie, and we said, no, it existed before or whatever, but yeah. So it didn't exist before, but they were they were kind of playing off the, the Nas. Well, it existed before the fourth movie. It existed before Tokyo Drift, but yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. Not for the first two. I didn't know Holly made the nitrous. Holly makes um, carburetors that boomers love, so I didn't know that they, they were the produ- the producers of the the Nas nitrous system the next email has a multimedia component this is from jerry okay subject line tokyo drift nascar style check this out it's exactly what it's like and it's just the tokyo drift song but just nascar cars out of control (laughs) drifting around the track this is really anything that you put this song to is awesome by me but yeah it's just a whole bunch of nascar cars going sideways so thank you for sending that in that's jerry the last email also has a multimedia component this one's from nick Oh, man. So there's a pipe wrench. It so happens that I needed a pipe wrench to hold my bl- my new blade belt drive. These these are all words I don't say. I can't say because I just don't know. <laughs> He's fixing his what? Ride on lawnmower, it looks like? On my mower, yep. And figured I'd share a very handy tool. Well, there you go. I hope you didn't beat anybody to death with it, Nick. That's all I'm saying. Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. If you did, don't tell us in email because this might be used for evidence in a later court case at some date so but thank you for emailing in everybody if you want to email in family at cageclub.me just don't confess any murders because yeah it wouldn't be good i mean don't murder just number one like be flat good for out, the show murder. maybe well i don't know that it would be good for the show like if Corey died in the episode last week that would have been better like if a listener of ours becomes a murderer not really unless we get dragged into a high profile court I case i don't know that it's good like a way, netflix special if netflix does a special about just at least kill enough people that you get a Netflix special, so that we're, oh, there's a dramatic like, reenactment, and yeah. like we're played by people. Like it's not even we they just get voice actors to play us because like nobody knows what we look like because <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah, all right, okay. So murder, go ahead and murder, but make sure you do it in a way <laughs> the, that makes people want to reenact it on a Netflix spir- series. Please, okay? thank you. Also, in your like manifesto, reference us a bunch, <laughs> but don't say we told you to do it. Just like bring it up so that, that we have to get questioned. We're like part of the story, but like not liable or culpable. Maybe on second, on third thought, don't murder. Don't murder is probably the best option, but if you have to, but if you do, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, (laughs) store too fast, you forever not shop, and leave us an Apple podcast review if you can, please, and thank you. Oh, by the way, so this is unrelated. For like months, I was using three different podcast players, like what they call pod catchers, to listen to my shows. And I was going crazy because I pay for Stitcher Premium, which has like all the Earwolf shows like Comedy Bang Bang and How This Get Made and everything. And I pay for that annually. It's like 35 bucks a year because it's all ad free. And there's also like premium shows that you don't get access to otherwise. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is worth it. I love these shows. Yeah. Ad free is great. I want to support them, whatever. Cool. Yeah. But I didn't know. I thought you had to listen in the app and their app largely is bad. I pay $10 a month to support another podcast that used to be on Earwolf that went independent. For some reason, the app that I was using, Overcast, which I love across the board except for this one thing, couldn't get this podcast to feed into. 
and I had to use Apple Podcasts, which is absolute garbage. So I was using three different apps. Then I found out that there's somebody, like Earwolf or somebody allowed the ability to open source. So you can like type in credentials on the site and get a podcast feed from a a Stitcher or like an Earwolf premium, like whatever, one of those podcasts Ah. and bring it to another app of your choice. I was like, cool. Don't need to use Stitcher anymore. Down to two. I was like, this is great but this other one show it's like you know like 24 like whatever the number is like 24 of the 25 shows i listen to are in one place and this one is in a garbage apple podcast thing (laughs) and i had emailed the developer which is just a dude of overcast and i was like can you like this is like the only show and like i followed up and like he just didn't respond he used to be so good at responding and then on the fourth of july he's like hey i think i fixed it can you check and he worked so now finally for the first time ever really or maybe at least since i started paying for Stitcher premium all my shows are in one place so with that said if you're looking for if you hate your the way you listen to podcasts overcast is great there's a free version i think premium is like 10 bucks a year like it's not it's so cheap and i love it it's wonderful that's awesome and you can dude. also if you're a patreon subscriber you can put the link in there like the the premium you know removes ads in the app not in shows but also lets you subscribe to any rss feed so like our patreon feed you can just drop it right in there so very cool if you're looking for a new player overcast just want to shout out marco somebody arment maybe uh he's not listening but overcast is great and i'm now all in one place which i am very thankful i love when that happens that's an awesome story dude i like got so excited that like i got an email from this guy i'm like oh and like it worked i was like this is wonderful thank you awesome uh on the streets so uh, anyway leave us an apple podcast review and then don't use that app Anyway, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Joe, there's another spinoff movie announced. I know, I know. And my reaction is similar to Kevo's, but I feel like it's kind of necessary. Wait, where did Kevo comment? On Facebook? He, yeah, he commented on Facebook, and it was just Christina Aguilera going, boo, thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, which tracks. Um, but I feel like it's kind of necessary now. Somebody else, what, Wes, what, we were talking with Wes about Oh, the movie is it. Cypher. It's a Cypher spinoff. Sorry, yes. We were talking with Wes about it, and he was like, it kind of feels like they realized that Cypher is now, like, the big bad, and we have yeah, I, said, I said that, yeah. Oh, you? I was okay. like, yes. Yeah, because he was, like, not, because he read the, the justification, and he had a different take on it or whatever, and I'm like, look, I think what they're saying is that Charlize is, you know, maybe second place would be Helen Mirren, but, like, Charlize is far and away the best actor in this in these franchise like this like there's only one actor that we would realistically do a podcast about in this film franchise well no, that's not true like we might do stay them or whatever but like we did her because she's amazing and talented and yes, just yeah a kick-ass movie star right yeah and so she's wonderful and i think so here here's a new idea that i had so i think that they need to if this is true because now we're up to what we have a Dom spinoff, which we don't know how that's going to happen. Tyrese and Roman spinoff. Roman yep. Tej, yeah. Cypher, and then maybe the Letty Led one. I don't know. Yes. I'm thinking possibly, and I don't know if this is going to be true or not, that Cypher's spinoff, quote-unquote spinoff, could be the Letty Led one, where they go against her and maybe recruit her. I don't, you know, I feel like, I don't know what the story the of girl, that would be. Girl power story. That makes sense, yeah. But it could be, like, she's the villain and they have to kick her ass. Or I don't know, you know? But, it, like... I feel like it, it should be that, but also, like, a lot of backstory. In this trajectory, this would be, like, a good in-between 10-1 and 10-2, right? Like, that Cypher kind of, like pivots a little bit and then we find out who the real big bad is not a not a spoiler for uh nine really other than she's in it and spoiler survives but like it's not like okay so 
spoilers for MCU, which I think people by now know, but like Black Widow dies in Endgame. But now Black Widow has a spinoff, which is like around the time of Civil War, right? So yeah. maybe you could do like, say Cypher died in nine, you could do that. But like, why would you do that? I don't know. And like, I don't know. I just don't know. It would be funny if, like, you know how they're doing a Fury Road 2 or whatever they're going to call it? Like, they're doing another Mad Max one, but it's called, it's like, it's about Furiosa. Yeah. But it's young Furiosa, and it's played by Anya Taylor-Joy, a.k.a. the Queen from The Queen's Gambit. She's not yes. the Queen, but, you know, yeah. the titular Queen in The Queen's Gambit. Yes. It would be funny if they did a Cypher spinoff with Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, she just keeps getting cast as, like, young, young Charlize. Charlize and things. <laughs> that would be in awesome. In different franchises. I'm into it. I'm into it, too. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do. I don't know where this falls. It's good rumors for us, though, because it just means more movies. And that's fine sure. by me, always. You just want to keep having movies so that you don't have to cover Spy Racers for the Fast and Furious Minute. That's so true. That's so true. Oh, yes, it is. I was As I was watching F9 yesterday, I was thinking about Spy Racers again, and I was like, man, I don't remember exactly what happened in the last season of Spy Racers, even though I watched it twice. And then I was like, yeah, but I don't want to ever watch that again. <laughs> like, nope. Sorry, Spy Racers. Sorry, Spy Racers. It's just not for us. It's not made for us. It's a different demo. Exactly. Um, actually, so now, any other news that you've seen about the Fast and Furious? Not, like, specifically news, but this fucking takeoff of Dom Toretto family memes has been wonderful. I'm glad that everybody else, like, seems to be really into it right now, so... I've been finding a ton of Dom family memes, and they all make me laugh. So if you have any great ones, send them to me. I'll send you ones back. I know Nick, Nick messaged us one, and I sent him some, so that's how I'm feeling. I think I'm the only person who doesn't like him. I just don't like memes, man. Like, it just, it feels lazy. That's it very on-brand for you to not like memes. I just, you know, I like <laughs> text-based ones when they're good, but just, you know, shitty Photoshop and, like... I love I the know. shitty Photoshop ones. They I make know. me so happy. I did just do a thing that we said that we... I tease that we are going to do. I, I googled The Rock president and Dwayne Johnson president just because, you know, we're getting close. We're getting close, yeah. maybe. And it seems like a couple of weeks ago on June 16th, uh, he said that it was, quote, a humbling honor of possibly running for president one day. And he also admitted that fans convinced him to consider a run. So it seems like Ooh. we manifested that. Like, whoever had this on their vision board, uh, we made it a reality. Like, it seems like <laughs> maybe he wouldn't have done it. But then he made a TV show about it, right? So I don't know. Exactly. Yes. Like, what is Young Rock about? Like, what's the framing device for Young Rock? Maybe he's, like, on a press junket for a new movie? Like, you could still do the same show, but just not be president? I don't know. I, don't I really don't know either, but... Any of the news that you've seen or just the memes? No, just I just wanted to pitch how awesome the memes were to me, so that's it. All the memes that are fit to print. The final thing to do before we talk to Mike Manzi in a quick abbreviated... Although there's a lot to talk about in this thing, is the Fast and Furious, the Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute minute 17, a minute I titled in all capital letters, maybe for the first time ever, Bilkins is back! He's back! So, how long have you been in South Florida? A while. Before that? We know you're Brian O'Connor, formerly of the LAPD. Man, you got the wrong guy. Really? How you doing, O'Connor? Let's take a walk. Carter Verone, born in Argentina, but he's lived most of his life in Miami. Now he owns the biggest import-export business in the state. You see, unfortunately, the cartels have been successful getting drugs into Miami. 
But they've had a hard time getting the cash out. We've been surveilling him for a year, but we've never been able to put him and the money together. We swept his house, his warehouses. Nothing. So in this minute, Brian is arrested and brought to the station for questioning. Agent Markham and Agent Dunn enter the interrogation room 1C to talk to Brian. After Brian fails to cooperate, Bilkins enters the room and greets Brian. Brian is brought to a conference room as Agent Markham begins to share the information that the police have on Carter Verone. And I just, you know, I've seen it before, but like going minute by minute now and and just savoring this minute. The look on Brian's face when Bilkins walks in, it's just, it's perfect. It's just like, ah, shit. Because he thinks, I think he's thinking like, maybe I can walk away. Maybe I can get out of here. Yeah. And then Bilkins shows up and it's like, well, shit. But also because Bilkin shows up, he's now working for the cops again, basically, right? So, I don't yeah. know. You win some, you lose some. Obviously, he doesn't want to be working for the cops again, so. Sure. Not good for him, but good for the franchise as a whole. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of information in the conference room that we're going to get to, but I looked up, because it's the first time we see Agent Dunn, um, who is the, for people who don't know, he's the Gallo guy. He's the Gallo 12 or Gallo 24 guy. He's. Yes. I don't think I ever knew his name until... I looked him up today, but he's played by this guy, Edward Finlay, uh, who's best known for this movie. Like on IMDb, this is his number one. He played Rave Kid in Bad Boys 2. Oh. He was a regular on Ocean Ave. So like all three of those things were like in the same two year span, like 03 to 05. This guy was like hot, I guess. I don't know. And he also played in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's like best known for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I was like, oh, cool. But he was in one episode. So, you know, <laughs> but he's still acting. He was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was in Modern Family. He played Van Helsing in an episode of NTSF STSUV, which is a very funny parody show on Adult Swim. Oh, cool. I didn't know anything about him. I still don't really know anything about Edward Finlay, but uh, shout out to Agent Dunn, the Gallo 24 Joker himself. Yeah, that is that is really cool. When I was watching this, Brian's in that interrogation room and there's just one table and, you know, we pause and look at everything. And I realized that I have that exact same table at work that I put together and ordered online. Like, like literally the exact same table. And I was like, very fucking weird that I know exactly what that table is. So that was my cool interrogation room fact that I got there. Love it. Uh, The only thing I want to say, and you might have heard, although I've never heard it while watching the movie, it's just that, like, writing down and checking the dialogue, there is a bell that chimes. Did you hear the bell? No, where's it at? So when Agent Markham, who's got, like, the the big chunk of dialogue is, like, Carter Verone, born in Argentina, blah, 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 and then he says something about owning the biggest import-export business in the state, like, it just goes, ching. I thought it was something here. When I played it again, it happened again. I'm like, oh, no, it must be in here. But, like, there's no bell on screen. It's just, like, there was a sound. or something. I don't know where it came Somebody's from. Somebody's phone went off or something. Maybe. I have no idea. But, like, they didn't edit it out. I don't know if it was. I, I have no idea. But just weird. Like, one of those things, like, I never would have noticed this thing that does not matter. But I noticed. So Yeah. Very, very cool. Let us talk about the Carter Verone information screen behind Agent Markham. Because there's a lot of information here. Some of which is cool. But, like. Carter Verone's basically gone. Like, if this was, like, oh, Cypher or whatever, like, it, it would mean more, but, like, we're never getting him back, but there's some cool stuff here. Yes. So what do you like? Because you, you and Rachel did some uh, extra detective work and did some uh, blurry text uncovering, too. There's, like, his whole, like, you know, criminal profile at the top. I'll let you... you so, background, uh, usually I get all, like, the text blobs. Joey sends me a message today, like, hey, just let you know there's a giant text blob in this one, like... You know, you might need some extra time. I was like, cool, no problem. He's like, here, I took a screenshot of it for you so you could just, like, read it like this. And I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. And then he's like, I just typed it all out. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, that that works. (laughs) So (laughs) it gets you motivated today. I was like, I'm not doing anything right now. And, like, 
you know, I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it. That's cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. So there's like the whole thing of like, you know, it's height, weight, whatever, blah, 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 race, eye color. But then at the bottom, there's like these bullet points about him. And they're really funny because they, they bold all these things that are like, these are the important things. So like for someone that happened to be looking at that on the screen, it's like drug cartel, fluent Spanish, narcotics distribution, murder, murder. Like that's... Yeah, because the other thing to keep in mind is that nobody is supposed to be free-framing no. these. Exactly. So yeah, drug cartel, fluent, narcotics, murder. It's like, oh. Yeah. Sums him up. That's that's his bullet points, like his character bullet points. And also, they spelled Colombian wrong. Correct. Yeah, there's, there's a couple goofy things here. So I made note of these things. He's born in Buenos Aires, which is cool. Okay. Like, he yeah. says Argentina, but like Buenos Aires. He's got three different warrant numbers, none of which match in number or style. There's an, <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a Florida one that's a prominent one, but there's a one that starts with a W, and there's one that just starts with numbers. So I don't know where these I'm are from. I would assume like one's like a Colombian one. Well, one's probably like a state warrant, right? Yes. One's maybe yeah. a federal warrant, and True. one's maybe like a local warrant, like a municipal, or like a, an Interpol warrant, maybe. Maybe like bigger. I don't than know. That. Yeah, who knows? Occupations, it just says N-A, like just doesn't have a job, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. They also have, and this is the craziest thing, and this you can't see even when they I zoom know. out, but it's behind so Markham, there's a thing that says forehead. And obviously, you know, forehead jokes in this series with Roman. There is something that says incline, but spelled wrong. There's no E, incline, 32, no no, uh, no units, no, no value, Nothing. don't know what just that means. 32 inclines. Then there's height, which is 4.5 inches. So if in case you were wondering, Carter Verone's forehead, 4.5 inches. It's it's one of those things like when you're making a character in a video game and just like, I don't need all these sliders. I don't give yeah. a shit what my forehead looks like. <laughs> but you can still like adjust like the pitch and the yaw and whatever. It's like, yes. I don't know what these words are. <laughs> I mean, I know what the words are, but it's like, can you just do like, tall medium skinny or you know what i mean like real big not big yeah. normal like the warrant was issued july 16th 1997 so You're this close. movie comes out in 03 the movie you know essentially without fast forwarding we'll just say it means a warrant's six years old and he's not been brought in yet so like cool i guess he's getting away <laughs> and he has like a big ass house they know where he lives yeah. like monica fuentes is living there with him and literally a warrant means like they have a reason to arrest him yes so. i guess there may be like you know the, the monica fuentes thing is they're trying to catch him in the act and also whatever but like it's well it's always take him down it's always like they're trying to get him in the worst possible case so like if you have like speeding tickets you can have a warrant but if you're like a cartel ringleader they're like, well, like, let's catch you selling drugs because the speeding tickets don't mean anything, right? Well, like, so here's the thing. So, like, okay, that's fair. But in the in the drug trade equivalent, right? Like, because, again, murder of a Colombian officer suspected yeah. there, murdered, again, suspected or murder, whatever, thought to be involved in narcotics distribution. I don't – would you rather have, like, 12 small drug deals that you're not met? Like, just you're, it just feels like you're, you're enabling – the continued criminal activities. That's true. But then we also have like the flip side, like to get philosophical, we also have the flip side of like the resource allocation for bringing someone in and going to trial, right? So like you want to make it kind of worth it that like when you stop him, you stop him for a very long time and prevent him from tr selling drugs. Whereas if you just stop him for a speeding ticket, 
you spend resources and time and money to get him convicted of something stupid that he might get, he's probably going to get off of. Yeah. That's what okay. this is. Okay. That's, what, that's how I think about it, at least. Anything else in this minute? Anything else you saw? Anything else you want to make note of in minute 17? Bilkins is back. I actually, re- I really like all these, like, giant word blob pages things. Those are really cool. And I'm excited because I know what's coming up in the minutes. Obviously, we just, you mentioned it earlier, get some pizza delivery coming up really soon. Very, very soon. So we could grab something from the Carter Verone information screen, but that's not meant to be focused on. But they do focus on one little thing. What interrogation room is Brian questioned in? The answer 1C. Yes. And I think that's a great question. I mean, it's very difficult. Very difficult, but it is prominently displayed on the screen for you to focus on. For a couple seconds, too, yeah. Yeah, so this isn't like a, it just, like, you know, what's behind somebody in, on the floor or something. This is right. this is real. I get it. It's realer than real. All right, let's take a break. Let us bring in the resident historian himself to talk about F9. episode number 190 f9 the fast and furious saga colon or no colon your preference this episode is brought to you by jacobs jseg dot space jacobs contributes (laughs) proven experience to many of nasa's spaceflight programs with employees located throughout eight major nasa centers across the united states shout out to jacobs well, shout out to Jacobs. Welcome back to F9. This is second gear. This is the second time we are spoiling this movie. So if you have not yet seen F9, stop listening. Unless you don't want, I don't know, we're get it spoiled again. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We are joined once again, not for, it's been a while. In well, It's been a long time without him, my friend. Well, we'll tell him all about it. Actually, when was the last time? Let's see here. Hold on. It wasn't that long ago. So it was, yeah. Oh, he's on Torque like a month ago. <laughs> Never mind. But it's been a while. In- it feels like episode. forever. It's been a while since Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, True. for sure. For True. sure. But with us, you know the voice. It's Mr. Mike Manzi, the resident historian. Hello, Mike. Hello, family. How's it going? Good. Now, did you see this? Because Joe and I saw this again yesterday for the second time. Have you seen this once in theaters or more than once in theaters? I have only had the opportunity to see it the one time when we saw it together. And yes. uh, don't worry, it was burned into my brain. <laughs> Good. Uh, I remember... Just about everything, I, I feel. <laughs> so, Joe and I, did you, I think you listened to our spoiler-filled episode because you, yes. you noted, you're like, oh, ramen shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was kind of teasing you about you teasing yourself about ramen, which was very good. Uh, so, you kind of know, like, some of our theories about, like, the big bad, who could be, and, you know, where we sort oh, of yeah. fall on this or whatever. But uh, this episode is largely, and, you know, Joe and I have some more thoughts and stuff, but this is largely your opportunity to talk about whatever you want with F9. Wow. So, either in reaction to the stuff we've already talked about something new wherever you want to start and we can just you know go from there but did you like it the first question yeah did you like the movie i loved it yes yeah and you know what it proved i am a true fan for better or worse thick and thin i am with this series till the end you know i'm i think i'm gonna go start watching the netflix cartoons right like i need to absorb if there's books i want to read books about the like why aren't there novel novels and stuff about characters (laughs) like that's the sort of mode that this 
episode got me into like past nine like i was really into it uh, i mean it definitely helped that you know it was the first time back in theaters it was with all you guys it, we had yeah. like, a huge crew together like it was or just a really great time much like sort of the hobbs and shaw experience uh and uh yeah i just i had a complete and total blast watching this thing i mean joey i was sitting next to you you felt me freaking out like every 10 minutes <laughs> the cool thing was is when i went to go see it again yesterday i was just telling joey while we were waiting for you to join i was nervous because of how much i liked it the first time and i know that we saw it as a group and it was like one of our first theater experiences back and i was wondering if that played into how much i liked it and when i watched it again yesterday i was i left the theater and like i looked at rachel and i was like that was still really good and she's like yeah i feel the same way so like we were still hype on it and i was like that's good boost for me that like I wasn't just jaded by the experience of what was happening. I still really fucking like this movie, and I'm glad that I got to see it again. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm happy that we get to watch this forever for Infinity. Yeah, I think they did um, a good job with, I think the word of the night was fan service, if I recall. Yes. And they, that's a very tricky thing to do. Uh, most of the times it sort of falls into self-parody, and I think that they tread the line like really well. You know, the series has just sort of become so over-the-top and operatic yeah, they managed to kind of do whatever they want to do and get away with it at this point. It's wild. And like, you yeah. know, this movie, this movie actually sort of did things in ways I didn't think it was going to do. And I didn't necessarily love everything that it did. But at the end result, what was great? What was that? I was just saying, I can't believe you didn't love everything. They oh, did. no, no. Well, <laughs> it, it's just in the sense that, like, I was expecting certain things to happen in different ways or for stuff like space, for example, to be way different than it was. Like, it was taking yeah. way more grounded than I was expecting it to. Like, I was thinking, like, they were going to be running around in a space station where the main villain had, like, a laser pointed at the moon. Like, that's where my mind <laughs> went when they said Fast and Furious is going to space. But it's like, no, like, this okay, within the realm of their abilities, this seemed kind of plausible enough. They're not on yeah. Mars at the end of the film or anything. <laughs> and and there was a little bit of like stuff with Han. I know we can get into stuff with Han. I don't care how they brought him back was my was sort of like where I fell down at the end of the day. I'm just glad to have him back. Agreed. But I definitely like need to sort of maybe go over some of that a little bit and do the timeline dance one more time, perhaps. As I watched this again yesterday, one of my biggest takeaways was I was very glad that, that when we watched F9, that I found the storyline to be very straightforward. And there were still some things that I was like kind of iffy on because like maybe I missed during the movie because I was like hype about things going on in the background or things people were saying. But as I watched it again the second time, I was like, oh, no, this is a very, very clear, straightforward storyline. This is exactly they're telling you exactly who's going bad, exactly what they're trying to get. There's an object that they're trying to get. And I was like very comforted in the fact that I was like, oh, I can follow this exactly. I remembered exactly how the movie played out and like what the beats were to it. I still watch eight or seven or some things and I just like rem I forget total scenes of it. Just like big chunks of this movie are just gone from my brain because like they don't really affect the story too much. They're just kind of set pieces. And this feels like no, everything had its place. It fits in order. 
and it worked really, really well for me. I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it's two movies. It's a prequel, and it takes place right now. So it's like yeah. got the got the present day stuff, and then all that prequel stuff. I I fucking love that stuff. And <laughs> and this series has figured out how to be sort of like a spin off machine. Like it did the Hobbs and Shaw. You know, we hear about sort of the the lady movies, and yep. now like we could have teen films too with this casting crew, as I it know. were. And that just got me really excited. I really enjoyed all that. You know, I thought it was a very clever way to sneak Jacob into the mix because Dom has not divulged very much about that incident and about his past. And um, Mia has been in communications with Jacob, but we find out that she's kind of like been keeping him kind of protected from Dom a little bit and everything. So I Mm -hmm. thought it was a very clever way to pre-introduce Jacob. We're not, we're going to see him first as uh, in the flashbacks and then we're going to see him as John Cena. So I thought it that was smart. really cool. I agree cuz that's hard to do, right? Like, you know, they're like, "Oh, you have a new brother. The whole franchise is based on family. We haven't seen him in nine movies." To start him with the prequel, like I mean, sorry, with like the preview back backstory type stuff feels like the much better fit to start it. It was it was jarring to me that we started the movie with a flashback, but at the same time, I feel like it really works. I'm with you. Do you think we're going to see the, like, son or daughter of the guy that Dom beats, you know? <laughs> and, like Kenny Linder? Of, well, we find out that he accidentally had a hand in, in the death, right? Like, at first we thought it was intentional, but then by the end of the movie, it's sort of like Dom and Jacob's relationship. It's all just one big misunderstanding between everybody about what's been going on and not being sort of forward or honest or outspoken about what's happening to each other, keeping secrets and things. So now that guy feels sort of like collateral damage and like maybe he's got a son or a family that like might be coming after Dom or working for Eatonon or or they reconstructed this guy without them knowing. I don't know. I liked how it just let the... I don't want to say uninitiated because by this point, a lot of people are fans, but like, I'm sure a lot of people forgot about this moment in Dom's life because it's only really come up. Oh, no, 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 no. Nobody remembers this. Like, it's just us. It's us. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you're onto something, Mike. Like, we've we've been pitching Cypher has to have a reason that she's like out to get them, right? So there's, there could, there's a, timeline where cypher could be kenny linder's daughter yeah maybe she's mrs nobody i don't know like that could be another thing like i really love joe too your whole mr nobody could be behind it all playing chess setting them up without them knowing you know it getting seems on like good it right side. yeah yeah the only the only thing is what about little nobody he never showed up again Right? Wasn't he? Yeah, in- <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do want to say so. We had someone who listens to the show. I think on YouTube, he commented. He, he left a very long, couple very long comments, and we we read it on. I think the last episode, last spoiler filled mailbag, Joe about or Vivek was talking yeah. about like how Dom might have known Hanum's alive. And I, I I made special note in this viewing that in Mister Nobody's message, he does say somebody it's garbled is alive. You can hear is alive. It still feels like too much of a coincidence, even though when Dom hears that, he goes right to the drawer and pulls out the postcard and is like, oh, shit, huh? yeah. But like, it's it's because he sees the necklace hanging, whatever. So I'm wondering if in a future movie, we're going to see that scene, like him recording that message. 
For sure. Oh, I think we have to hear. Yeah, we have to hear the rest of this message that we got broken up. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that might even be the start of the next movie. Is like the plane going down and Jacob hijacking it and Cypher Cypher getting freed or whatever. Like, that would be a really cool way to start it. And then we follow, like, what happened to Mr. Nobody or, you know, if he isn't responsible for what's all been happening and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I remember the first time watching it saying it's he's alive, he's alive or something. I thought that... Um, they were going to freeze frame the final shot of that garbled message and they'd see it was Jacob. <laughs> and oh. I don't think I don't think that's what happened. They do. They freeze it on the chain. OK, so, yeah, that's yeah. OK. So that it, then it's sort of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But now we know there's more than one chain like it. could. Oh, I mean, they, they sell that chain. It's a Toretto brand cross. This like, could just, be also yeah. your dad is still alive, which isn't true. Like, that's mm. not you know what I mean? But like. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you're right. That could be Han. That could be Jacob. That could be I mean, Cipher. It w- it, Cipher it is still make... alive because we thought that she jumped out of the plane, so we didn't know if she was alive or dead. But that scene makes sense that he's saying Han is alive because. So here, here's one yeah. of the things that I picked up this time around that Tell I didn't me. really pick up the first time, and this is not my big. thing. There's one big thing which is almost certainly just a dumb coincidence, but like Go there's ahead. something that's incontrovertible in the thing, and so I'll, we'll talk to that later. We find out. That Mr. Nobody worked for the CIA, so did Giselle. Because of that, we talked about this. They knew that he could trust Han. And then when Deckard comes calling, they use it as a cover to get Han out because a rogue agent came up or whatever, and that was Jacob. Like, you think it's maybe Deckard, but it's actually Jacob, he says in the next scene or whatever. Yeah, he's like, I went rogue. Like, he says it in the the tunnels or whatever, the thing. So they're insinuating, I think, that Mr. Nobody pulled Han out of, like, active cia duty to become a full-time babysitter of l yeah and like i understand mm. she is the key, like the literal key the to key. letting project aries work but like lock that shit up and let han be an agent like i don't like <laughs> that is just my like why would you ever pull any agent out of the field to just be a babysitter. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you did not watch the Taylor Lautner movie Abduction. I did. I just haven't seen it recently. And <laughs> I will because never watch it again. The whole premise of that movie as well, that these two agents are just now Taylor Lautner's parents. Yeah. Because he is also a spe- special person. He's special. I mean, I had a bigger problem that they sort of stashed Han in the Japanese witness protection and didn't send him out of the country. Like, he's still in hanging around japan after all and not that. only that but he's in a neighborhood where mia and letty think to check <laughs> right <laughs> yes. right like he's tracked down he's not hiding he's got no. a big mexico flag in his window yeah. like it's the worst plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like oh so like this is this is the only sort of hiccup is like how they brought Han back like to be honest well we're sitting in the uh, in the in the move in the theater watching the movie I'm like you know they're, they're doing this flashback thing I bet that is a flashback we're like we're gonna cut back to a prior heist where Han was around and it's like one more Han's here like let's do our thing but then we'll cut back and it's like oh I wish he was still here you know if only we had or like we remember something he did from that time or something and that's what's helping us in this mission but no like you know he's back and it's real and he's here and he never died and it is kind of messy but i understand they want to consolidate everything right like they have to bring everything under the same umbrella of this spy world of the nobody verse or whatever (laughs) whereas like he was secretly there like recruiting people you know and like who knows how far back it goes if he recruited jacob in like what the 90s 
how deep is this organization? Like who's going to pop up and like, who's, who's a sleeper cell or, you know, it's just like so hard to tell at this point. I liked it and I didn't in that way. And I also agree with you, Joey, is like, they just turned him into a babysitter where it's like, I'm sure they could have shipped this girl who's like genetic code unlocks this piece of the tenant algorithm they found that may or may not be from the future. I might, yes. Or, 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 future. Talk about. Yep. Yeah. Or, or might be extraterrestrial in origin. We cannot uh, dismiss that possibility either. Uh, there's has to be more capable agents. If he found someone like G- Giselle, who's like, you know, sorry, but more badass than Han, right? Like she, she sort of is like agent wise, more, agent wise. 100%. Yeah. Agent wise. She's, right. She's more trained. Everything like yeah. Han was just a, a dude. Nobody right. could definitely find another secret agent to watch over this child, this child. Okay. And like the other weird, the weird, maybe another, I keep saying it's the weirdest thing, but this is what's also so weird. Was he commissioned to steal, I'm just going to call it the algorithm. I don't remember what they called it, but the is he, it's Project Ares. Tesseract, Project Ares. Yeah. Is he commissioned to steal the MacGuffin while he's hanging out with DK and Sean yes. and everybody? It's in the yes. middle of like all of that shit that's going on too. So like he's hanging out with these teenagers. He's showing Sean the ropes. He's being chased by DK this night. And all of a sudden, like now we're going to use this opportunity to like get me out of the game and like hide me away. So it's like give him a child and give him a child. It's the the one thing that's too much. There's no way to rectify the timeline that L does not exist in Tokyo drift because at the end of Tokyo drift, Han is quote unquote killed. Right. And they use that cover to get him out and to babysit L, which again, even if you want to like keep Han in the field, there are probably many, like maybe retired agents or something, like people who are like great childcare people who don't want to be an active spy. Like why take somebody, even if he's <laughs> less badass than Giselle out of the field, whatever. I don't understand. But yes, yeah, there's yeah. no way that Tokyo Drift happens where Han, it might be at the beginning of that release. It might be like, you know, because it's seven years difference or whatever, right? Because L's like 11 and 18 or whatever mm-hmm, it is, yeah, right? Mm-hmm, but yeah, like mm-hmm. there's no version of the world. Like, he knows L before he dies, which is crazy. But anyway, I want to go back to the the, the, the message okay. from Mr. Nobody. Because okay. he says – say he says Han is alive, right? Yeah, he says he is alive, but we don't know who he is. Yes. Oh, he, does he say he – is it officially he is alive? I think so. I Now now you made me question it, but I really think he says – I think it's garbled. He, I mean, it, okay, but it – okay, so for, for what I'm about to say, it doesn't matter. Okay. I, I, I do think we're going to see that eventually. But anyway, he's trying to tell Dom – Project Ares is a thing I need you to take care of. I'm embedding GPS coordinates in this message because I know that you'll know Ramsey and she'll be able to uncover it. Yes. So that's part of it. Yes. I also need you to come here because there's an item on board that is also with Cypher, but that when Cypher, who is supposedly the smartest woman in the world, ostensibly, right? Yeah. Is saved or rescued or hijacked from this plane, they don't take the half of Project Ares and it's just lying in a field in Mexico oh. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then... Also, you're going to have to find out where the other half is, and that's another thing. But then, by the way, he is alive, which means you need to go to Tokyo, where you thought your friend who was dead is actually alive. And, oh, by the way, he's been out of commission for seven years, babysitting a girl who is the key. And he has to convey all of that in, like, ten seconds? Yeah. It's insane. It's very much, it reminds me a little of... 
Rise of Skywalker? I can't even remember. But the last Star Wars movie where that it was literally like um, a scavenger hunt, you know, where it's like we have to go to this planet and get this item. All right, now we got to go to that planet and get that item. Now we go to the other one and use them. Okay, now this one leads us here. All right, we're finally here. Let's like do the thing. And like this kind of feels like that as well, except like they're getting all of they're getting the whole list in, in, at the at the beginning kind of too many things to need <laughs> right like make the device one piece have jacob escape with that and cipher the ticking clock is catching them before they launch it forget about the dna unlocking human biometrics biohuman yeah. thing whatever like who like that is insane um, uh like i really don't know how that's going to pan out in the next few films there's ways to clean this up and like make it the same movie basically like i don't know like i have i ha- i get a little tripped up trying to follow it whereas in the other movies like there isn't a lot of it's all soap opera drama it's not sort of like technical like mumbo jumbo kind of stuff like this so much like we had the god's eye thing but that was like one movie you know most of the time we're after a person before they do something and so like it was weird to be like all right we got to get it before they get it but then they got it and so we have to get them before they use it and now they've used it and it's just like i don't know it was a little sort of like maybe off rhythm or something at the time but like i was having a lot of fun so i didn't care (laughs) we are looking into it like this to like break it down obviously but i think that technically what it is is it's just a way to get a bunch of set pieces yeah like, if you split the thing in two, then you have to find two halves so you can have an action sequence to get each half. That's a good call. Yeah. But then it's like, I get I get um, frustrated because of the open threads. It's like, where's Mr. Nobody? Like, they completely don't even mention him after Han's back in the picture. And, and, and I know they might be saving stuff like that for the next movie, but then yeah, save, save, the, save the second half of this device for the next movie, too. Make it all well, about, like... I don't know. I mean, it just felt a little loaded, I guess. I'm not worried about that because I don't want to like prejudge because maybe they have more than two movies worth of story to tell. And I feel like if the second half of this, like if this was like, because again, in every movie, they kind of have to save the world. And so they don't save the world. They just have to get half a device in this. It's kind of like, oh, that's not like, I think that works more, Mike, if this is 10-1 and 10-2. Like if this is like yes, part of the bigger half. Yeah. But I think that this has to just be like another road bump. Because I think the questions that remain from this movie is where and where is Mr. Nobody and what's going on with him mm-hmm. and what's Cypher up to, basically? Like, where is she going to go next? Because like everything else largely kind of settles. Also, you know, Deckard and Han and that kind of thing. But like that was already over. Open. But, like, the unanswered, unresolved new questions, I think, are just around Mr. Nobody and also maybe not even Cypher. It's, just, it's really just Mr. Nobody, right? Because there's nothing else this movie, like, no other can of worms this movie opens or is no. there. No, right? Like, everything's not pretty much of. closed up, I think. Because it's like, we know Jacob's back, but he's kind of, like, already, like, involved we know Han's back, which it's it, it wrapped up more than it opened for sure. I have a feeling we have no clue where this is going to end because this feels sort of like wrapping up what we're used to. It kind of feels like the end of like a phase almost where it's like, this is the last time it's going to be this calm or quiet. And from now on, it's like if you thought shit was crazy before, like yeah. you have no idea where it's going to go kind of situation. Like maybe they're like aliens and time travel and dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like yep. that could be where this goes. And I think like this movie in that way does a good job of setting up a trilogy. If you're aware there's a trilogy on the horizon. Okay. If you're aware that like all these threads are going to be picked up, or at least there's an opportunity for them to, 
be taken somewhere and something cool to be done with them and you know maybe even a spin on one of the characters we love who knows someone else might be turning a heel you know what if Ludacris gets a better offer I'm just saying like, <laughs> you just never know and I think you know they might have done a very clever thing without us realizing is like let's sort of give them what they want okay which is what I loved which is like the fan service stuff which I think they pulled off really well because from here on out like you know we might lose them or right you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to really be testing the waters, I think, in we're the next... We're pivoting month. hard here. Yeah. Right, right. Like, space, that's nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I think to that end, I think that you're saying, you know, they, they, they're they like, it's a trail of breadcrumbs, kind of. I think this is what, you know, what Joe has been saying for, for multiple laps now, that they, if not listen to the fans, at least leave themselves room for outs. Like, they just give themselves yes. opportunities to build off of. And I do think... And I, I hope it's not the case, although it would be kind of it could be cool. I don't know. But I do think that they really, truly viably leave a path open from this movie that there's shit from the future. Cypher refers to Project Ares or maybe Ramsey as something that shouldn't exist for 50 years. Right. Cypher. Like it's yeah. just yeah. it's crazy. And then Tej is like, I can't find anywhere you find magnets strong. Yep. And yep. so there's multiple things in this world that they just can't explain, but just works. And so I do think whether that continues or not, they have left themselves the opportunity to be like, Oh yeah, we 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 laid the breadcrumbs. It's definitely future tech. It's like we, yeah. why? What? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think a, I think a really fun scene. I think maybe my favorite scene of the movie is the um is the Roman scene, right? Where he's like, "Y'all ever realize like we ain't got a scratch on us?" Okay, yeah. like everything we go through, like that was so fucking like I thought that was so clever to just come out as as these filmmakers and say we get it we know now that you know that we know this like let's just put it to rest or or, or like maybe we'll actually explain this okay <laughs> and like that's going to be part of the fun of what's happening because we're aware of you know brixton and and like all the shit going on with that and like you know we've talked about earlier if like dom's been injected without realizing it or, or who knows what's been going on with <laughs> behind the scenes sort of shenanigans and and things like that we still don't know if cypher's a robot she doesn't seem to have any emotions except for yeah. anger really and that could just be her sort of like short fusing or something like that but i just thought that that was great because you know now that was a question and now it's put to rest and like that's an it's that's an answer that you get and now moving forward we could just like have more fun with like thinking about cool stuff like that I don't know. I really dug that moment. I, I had a lot of fun with that. Well, I think that there's another possibility. So, like, Roman does talk about being invincible or whatever. I'm also wondering, like, maybe they're just, like, Looney Tunes. There's the scene where, the, for all intents and purposes, like, the Jeep lands on him, right? And the movie yeah, plays is deadly them. serious. And they're just, like, like the sound goes out, and Tej and Ramsey are looking at him Shocked. like, oh, my God, he just died. I thought that he did die. In the first, in the first yeah. viewing of this, I was like... They fucking killed off Tyrese in this movie. Like, I, but I, I was like, how did that not get out that, like, somebody huge in this movie dies? I thought that might have been the punchline to the payoff of that scene, but it wasn't, you know? It kind of was and it wasn't. It's like, holy shit, he's dead. Like, they really are vulnerable. But then it's like, oh, wait, right. no, it missed them. Maybe they are invincible. So, like, it was just, I, I really thought that was pretty funny, too. But, well, you know. The 
Yeah, because the way that he staggers out, like, the reason I started Looney Tunes is, like, because it feels like an anvil or a safe yes, just fell yeah. on Bugs Bunny yep. or someone. He just, like, stumbles right. out drunkenly. Just like, oh. Like, and also, I, I, re- I would love, like, a Space Jam-esque thing with Roman. But, like, not Tyrese, <laughs> but with Roman specifically, where it's, like, him and Elmer Fudd or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't oh, there God. a scene in here? There is a scene in here where Cypher was, like, talking about stuff, uh, maybe just about, like, her philosophy of life or something like like a moment like that but like i almost thought to myself does did the character like hack her reality and figure out she's a character in a movie or something like is that where we're going <laughs> can it be like some kind of shit like that 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 ends up happening like dimension hopping sort of thing where we're going to get alternate versions of the family banning together at the end of part three in some multiverse war of realities <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't Mike, know. but I like I where know. you're going with this. It's fun. Your brain, your brain definitely unlocked. Just keep rolling <laughs> with it, brother. Well, the Tokyo Drift crew. I mean, standing ovation for the surviving members so, of Tokyo Drift. We're watching the movie yesterday, and in the theater, I have again. This was the most diverse crowd walking out of a theater. There was like two old ladies by themselves together. Then there was like a couple groups of families, like a a couple with a newborn, just like very diverse crowd. Directly beside me on the right was this woman with her two sons. And when she saw Sean and Earl and and Bow Wow, she goes, oh my God, it's them. They're back. And like, I was like, (laughs) the mom was really into it. And I was like, so like this... (laughs) This, like, middle-aged woman is, like, a really big fan of Tokyo Drift with, like, her two sons. It was, like, and then she was, like, answering their questions, like, as they would be, like, who is that? She's, like, it's it's damn, it's Bow Wow from Tokyo Drift. And I was, like, what world are we living in? Like, this is such a beautiful thing to see that the franchise had, like, this older mom fan of Tokyo Drift. You had a BD Wappy her in real life. Maybe we aren't for you because, like, you have kids. It was just, like, a weird thing. But I was like, yeah, what the hell? She's the one over here explaining this to her two boys and was hype on these guys. Well, I mean, Tokyo Drift's, what, like, 15 years old now. So, like, maybe she saw it in high school and, like, <laughs> loved it and maybe, kept watching yeah. it or something and was like, when are they bringing them back? Like, we are. Like, when are they coming back? I don't think your math adds up there, Mike. 15 okay. years ago in high school, like, I <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even high school 50. Like, I grad, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, but yes, I appreciate the, you have math like the Fast and Furious has math. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, it doesn't yes, yes, really yes. add up. You're probably at least a decade off, but like, you're trying and that's all that matters. It's the Rocky math, right? It's it's the math in that reality where like the kid keeps aging like too much between movies and things. Like, that's where I first noticed that kind of thing happening. But uh, where, no Neela, like, there's a big question. Um, who's the new DK? Like, was Sean sort of of run out of Tokyo. Did... Yeah, who has the belt right now? We talked about this yeah. with Brian, right? Like, somebody had to beat Sean to become the new DK. That could be a whole... Ser- like, that could be a whole nother Tokyo Drift. Oh, I thought you were it could honestly off. be anybody, because, like, anybody could have beat Sean. <laughs> it's just, you know... Yeah. It was Neela. It was probably her. Like, once DK was, like, out of the picture. You know, it's probably Dom. We oh, talked about call. that, right? Like, yeah. it could be oh. Dom... He beat Sean, won his respect, and then just left Tokyo. Oh, do you think he, like, dismantles the the title, like, the reign? Like, he's like, now that I've won, I'll be the last DK, like, no more. And he retires it. <laughs> yeah. You can't have back-to-back Gaijin's winning, right? And then, I don't I know. Kind of, right. kind of tarnishes the title. But isn't, okay, so didn't somebody recently tell us the actress that played Neela was, like, 
I'm not going to be back in these ever again or something. Am I making that up? That sounds right that Natalie Kelly was not, she did not want to be back. Hold on. I'm just saying just to answer Mike's question of like the technicality of why Neela's not in it is I think she was just like, I'm done with Fast and the Furious movies. All right. I guess if like, you know, the original, if the director can't get you back, no one can. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. What else, Mike? What else? What else you have on your uh, your brain list? Well, like I just love just building a little more on the Tokyo Crew. Like, uh, like what we get is great. Like, I love how sort of jacked up on sugar they are, and like insane. <laughs> like, they are truly insane now. Like, those guys are like straight out. Like, talk about Looney Tunes, Joey. Like, this is Wiley Coyote strapping a giant firecracker to his You're back right. with roller skates on him, trying to chase the Roadrunner. Like, this is that damn scene, you know, and and it's great. I freaking love it, and I just love how sort of mental those guys have gotten between movies. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, when you don't like sort of check in on someone in ten years or something, and then like they can really go off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, now they're messing with like jet fuel and stuff, and it's like, <laughs> okay, I don't know. If, I mean, maybe Sean because like his dad was military. Twinkie laying around. Like, what's he been up to? I love the Jordan shout out. On I want to know. Gear, the, I want to know the backstory to this because they said that. They tell us that this was his idea. Like, he's the reason why they have the ability to be a uh, Twinkie. Because he says, like, if it wasn't for me, you would just be an engineer and, like, you would just be a mechanic. Like, I'm the reason why we are here now. Okay. And I don't know if he's implying that, like, Twinkie's... the now the most successful one out of all of them like did he like become an (laughs) entrepreneur somehow let them have this business or like is he like did he use his connections to get them the airspace part of this thing and that's what i want to know because he says it so casually but i'm like you're like a giant linchpin in this somehow that he's like the actual like money behind this I think that's exactly it. I think we're supposed to believe that he hustled sneakers in high school and now he's sort of amassed a fortune somehow, retired, cashed yeah. in, maybe the dot-com craze. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about my math again. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like he became the entrepreneur and the money man and the and he's backing them and they went from the garage to, you know, the airport, basically. It's like now they're out there on the launch pad. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Like, where's Twinkie's trajectory? That's what I want to know. Well, yeah, Damn. like Tokyo Drift 2 and 3. Yeah. Figure, figure that, that's what I'm saying. Write some books. Like, someone get out there. Write these books. Fill the in novelizations. Some of the... Yeah. But, like, you know, not even, like, novelizations per se, because this won't be retracking these movies. That, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, like, what they Oh, did. yeah, filling in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like creating a whole series in books and stuff. Like, they sort of did that with Star Wars before Disney bought them. There was, like, that whole expanded universe between movies that went on in the books and stuff. And, and they're still they redoing that. I just think it's kind of a clever way for fans to just you know, not stop eating the content, all right? <laughs> like, just, you could just keep devouring, like, all this information about these guys. You could do a whole book about um, Brian and Roman growing up together and, like, yeah. that whole incident. Like, make that, you know, 150 pages or 230 pages or whatever and, you know, $8. So. I think the problem is, is that you don't make a billion dollars on a book. I don't know. Unless I don't know. book is the Bible. I mean, it's originally you couldn't, but now in this climate and with Fast and Furious being the size of a franchise it is globally, I think you, 
I think you might be able to, you know, I think you could, I think you could get away with trying it. I mean, they're doing cartoons, yeah. that kind of thing. They're doing spinoffs already. I think it would be a smart thing to do. By the way, if you want to talk about books, check out How to Win the Lottery every other Thursday here. There you go. We'll, we'll cover a Fast and Furious book. Why not? I'd, I would definitely join for that, for sure. Read it every lap, Joe. I would. I loved Farmer Don. Reminds me of, like, Farmer John, but, like, it's Farmer Dom. Really funny how they made him, like, totally just, like, analog on the farm, like, furthest thing no away phones, from... Yeah, nothing. like, just off the grid, even though they found him immediately. Like, his friends still knew exactly. <laughs> like, that was a riot. I mean, that was, like, there's no way... You know, they were trying to fool you and be like, "Uh oh, someone found them. And it's like, there's no way it's not like his friends. But like, why are you hiding from your friends? (laughs) Like, it was a little strange, but I don't know. I like the visual look of him on the farm and stuff. And, you know, too bad we didn't get a chasing tractor scene or things like that. So we don't know where that takes place. Uh, Justin had written it and said that it took place that was filmed in Thailand. Uh, I was saying, I think it takes place in Mexico, but they go to Mexico. So they don't ever say where that is. I would just assume it's a country with no extradition, but I, I wonder if we're going to go back there. Like, I feel, I feel like now that they're on the mm. run, maybe they don't not that they're not on the run but like now that they're back in the shit right because like this is like they got out of their retirement for this right so but they end up at the end of the movie back at the house being rebuilt so it's like 1327 yeah true but also you guys know like they've introduced fictional countries now into the series right like they don't go from what i heard is they don't go to a real country in south america they have to like fictionalize the title right, you heard that movie. on our podcast yeah. yeah i'm saying that's where i heard it <laughs> <laughs> You know, what so, I've, like, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, again, that's a very smart way to be like, this is an alternate universe. This is not the reality we uh. live in. And, and that is why maybe these guys can take more damage and these cars exist and the God's eye is a thing and, you know, unlimited resources for, like, you know, small militant groups and things like that. Shadow governments putting people back together with, like, microscience and things. I don't know. Yeah, so I wish there was a little more of that, though. But I'm saying that maybe that's where Dom is. Like, he might be in another sort of fictional uh, place that they've yet to want to name or anything like that. Like, you know, it could not or be an actual country. Maybe. I also wonder now, just and I, I didn't think about this till just now, but I wonder if not naming it just means, like, it's not important. Like, it's just, it's a place that isn't, mm. you know, that's just off, the, like, that's off the grid, literally off the grid or whatever, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's more like just a a safe out that's just like, we're not going to piss anybody off. But I do like Mike's theory that this, we're in an alternate reality now and we've, we've bent the timeline and aliens are running shit. That's, that's the best. That's the best version of this. Uh, I really did like the visuals and the kind of way they did the space stuff. Like I thought that was kind of cool. Like you know, the car in space reminded me. I think it was wasn't it like an old commercial for there was like an old commercial where like a car dropped it down into into the atmosphere or something like that or. I don't know. There was a Sounds video. Like a weird Mazda commercial, right? Yeah, and I almost wondered if that drop scene from Fast and Furious was it? Is it seven where they go out of the? Is it six or yep, seven? It's seven, seven? It's seven? Yeah, I wonder. I almost wondered if that was like inspired by that old video, and I'm not even sure how old it is exactly or whatever. But I just love the sort of image of car in space. Like I just. That was really free-falling car from the sky, yeah, and also just kind of in orbit, floating around and everything. And like again, like I really thought when they said we're going to space, it was going to be like Moonraker or something ridiculous, you know, Star Wars, like lasers and and just like too much, too soon. They reached reached the tip of the uh, again of like. 
the upper atmosphere. I think they went like 50 miles up or something or 60 miles up. I think like, you know, it's not like they're halfway to the moon again. Like I said, like (laughs) I said to Brian on the way home, um, I was like, I'm so glad that like the movie didn't end with them just having like a toast on the moon. (laughs) A drift race on the moon. Oh, maybe that's where it's heading though. It could have been funny if they like landed on the moon and then like walked up and saw someone was there and it turned around and it was Mr. Nobody. Tire tracks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's like, you know, that, that was one of our big takeaways. It's like the, they did space. Like they've been talking about space for like, or we've been talking about space. Like the fans are talking about space forever. And like, they did it in an earnest way that wasn't like a a cop out, but also doesn't have to be like where we live now forever. Right. right? Like it's just, uh, it, it makes sense to a certain extent, you know, as much as anything in the series makes sense. I think that they did it in a good way, too, because, like, I don't feel like we need to go back to space now. It's not pivotal for the story going forward. It was, like, a nice little tongue-in-cheek thing for the fans. But at the same time, they're like, okay, you got your space. Now we get back to the story. It's out of our system, but we're not, like, going to wind up on Mars like we're worried about, right? So Yeah, I have a feeling they might end up on an actual... Like, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be upset or surprised if in the last one, like, they actually start doing that. Like, they do end up having to, like, take down a killer satellite. Not a satellite, but, like, the whole space station. Or Again, like, I don't even want to start speculating too much because I'll just, like, I, again, I want to go back to what I was saying earlier. Was like, I don't think we're going to be able to guess where it goes. Even though we all, again, say, like, you know, dinosaurs. And that became, like, a huge kind of talking point when this got released. And, like, I know... When the movie started, we were treated to like a bit of Jurassic Park three, and and mm-hmm. it really just feels like they want the like talk and chatter to happen so that they can have like sort of permission from the fans to do it or something. Like that's where it's you know I don't know, but like the, that's sort of like the feeling I'm starting to get is like oh they're listening to the fans now about things like space and they're sort of feeling it and testing it out and stuff and now it's like what else are the fans saying and it's like well let's like sort of feed them a couple ideas and see which ones stick mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh someone's someone said dinosaur and like now everyone's freaking out like maybe we can do this maybe that'll maybe they'll accept it i mean i, I don't know that anything has been like ruled out right like it's like anything could go in the half an hour or whatever we've been talking, you've already talked about, like, cloning, like, multi- multiverse, like, multiplicity, fast and furious, which is something <laughs> that we've never talked You know what I mean? It's just, like, yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. kind of things where it's, like, uh, they haven't said no, right? And, like, yeah. we're, we're nearing the end of this proverbial runway, but there's also still, like, a lot of time to figure that kind of stuff out. So I genuinely don't know yeah. what's... I don't know that anything is not on the table. I think whatever they want to do could happen. And we still need to, not need to, but there's still characters to explore, like Mama Toretto, right? I know, like, they said that, yeah. Like, talking about that. You know, what would be amazing is, like, I, I mean, just to sort of scratch the surface of what they could do with something like time travel is, like, this whole time running around in the background there could be two jacobs and thus not even know it for another movie and a half or something <laughs> like that would be insane him sort of doing a marty mcfly or a loki thing to be to be much more modern about oh. it right yeah yeah but like coming from the last movie back into this movie to sort of like tool around and do things and like maybe that was him on the zip line because he ziplined way too much like for a human eye <laughs> to sort of register that had to be more than one jacob it's just like so much fun to include like this canon into like those ideas and like take it to those places and stuff. Are you guys ready for my big 
theory. Hit us. My big my big oh, thing that I discovered. Yes, with it, totally. please. One of the new characters in the in the movie is Otto, right? And we yes. don't know Otto's first name. Yeah. We don't know if Otto's that's his first name or his last name. But at the end, he's he's wearing like a tactical vest at one point. I don't know if it's when Cipher, you know, sides with him or whatever. But it says Otto, and so generally you're not going to put like I, I mean you could, but I, I would imagine it's probably a last name. But we don't know. We don't know anything about his family name, whatever. But it's Otto, right? Okay. So in the flashback. In the garage, in the scene after Dom's dad dies on the track, and Dom and Jacob are walking through the garage before Kenny Linder. Yeah, before that, they're in the garage talking to Buddy, who, by the way, Buddy's last name is Hubbard. Doesn't matter. Not a name, but I just made it up of it. (laughs) Buddy Hubbard. Okay. On a car in the garage, there is a name that reads, like, above the door, like, where the driver's name is or whatever, Ryan, and then in quotes, Bama, B-A-M-A, like, Alabama, Ryan Bama Otto. Spelled Mm. the same way? Spell the same way, O-T-T-O. I'm guessing this is just a coincidence. No. I'm guessing that nobody else is, like, looking at this thing for, like, little details. But, like, and I also don't know how Otto, the son of a diplomat, would fit into the in death foreign, of Dom's father. In a foreign dignitary. It's weird as hell to have two different people, even though one's not on screen, two different people named Otto introduced in the same movie. That is Very crazy. fucking weird, dude. Yeah, because, like, I'm sitting there... With my fucking Gone in 60 Seconds villain logic going, oh, they named him Otto because, but they spelt it, it's not A-U-T-O, it's right. O-T-T-O. Yes, and I was like, exactly. they think that's, and that's the sort of joke about his name and everything. And then my mind, while you were saying that, Joey, as you were saying, I was like, oh, is he like a sponsor? Is it? But this, this implies that there was a driver with that name. Could be crazy if it is like a very distant relative that sort of prodigal son Cousin. sort of sh- like shed the life, didn't want to be rich and famous, tried to make it on his own as like a race car driver, you know, went out to America and then eventually got like called back home like Chang Shi and the uh, you know, Rings of Destiny or whatever that movie is, but like that whole idea of like now he he has gone back into his his family of like evil you know, land-owning Eurotrash or whatever. <laughs> That's so weird, man. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who it could be. Like, it'd have to be, like, that Otto's uncle, right? Like, if he's the same age as Jacob now, and his dad is still, uh, like, you know, for all intents and purposes, alive, a dignitary, there would have to be, like, his bro- like his uncle, maybe his older brother, but then that would put him, like, much older and his dad would kind of be thrown off. Plus, what is what is his motivation aside from sort of pissing off his family or, like, not needing to rely on his dad's money anymore? It's like he wants to control – like, he, he needs they to take need over these, the world. Yeah, yeah, they need the devices so that they can control the entire, like, everything that happens on the planet and hold it ransom and hostage and all that kind of – I don't know. To be honest, like, that doesn't really feel like a Jacob kind of thing, but it – it makes kind of, I mean, it makes a weird kind of sense just in like a super villain sense, I guess. Like it feels like a cipher thing for sure. You know, it feels like this is all just her long con, some kind of end game that she's sort of playing Jacob and Otto. I mean, she is playing them against each other in this movie. We see that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know if she was like, had this kind of plan with Mr. Nobody from the beginning where it's like, let's fake the plane crash or whatever, or like try and get us hijacked. I, uh, we'll find out. I don't know. My, my mind is going all over the place trying to, trying to figure it out. It would be such like a, a, a weird twisted logic to like have that wrap around to be anything of meaning, but like they're standing and talking by a car that has the word auto written on it. And it's just like, I don't, 
Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's coincidence. I hope that you're right, and you just unlock the whole fucking thing. There's just so much attention to detail in those flashbacks. Like, come on, when Dom is in prison and we're introduced to the brothers, like, what? Like, I lost my shit when when those guys from Part 5 showed up in prison. I was like, what? Leo and Santos. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when he's released from prison and we're at the street race and we see the entire crew from Part 1 that's like... You know, de-aged and stuff, out of focus. But like, we Minus recognize Leon, them, right? Yes. Yeah. But like, we could recognize them from their wardrobe because we've seen part one so many times. Yep. Like, there's so much attention to detail in those scenes, Joey. That like, I think you've got to be onto something. That has to be like some kind of Easter egg where it's like the eagle-eyed viewers are now theorizing and coming up with conspiracies about possibilities that and like we're a breadcrumb like you know like you said nobody's watching these movies like we are and i'm i'm not even sure that like you know i don't know that it's good or bad i'm just i'm like i wonder if this means anything because it's the kind of thing that's so small and insignificant that i can i would i would be surprised if other people have written about it but also like maybe not i don't know i I don't know if i'm just an idiot and this was like very obvious to everyone else but i don't think that we got dom's dad's name until this movie am i correct oh it's jack right yes which Mm. makes a lot of sense for brian and mia to name their son jack Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 but i like they never explicitly said that before this right well we don't really know anything like we have no stories about the dad other than that one conversation in that first movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't say his name, like, my dad, Jack. So. He was no. like... Jack Toretto, does one of the cops say it to Brian? Like, son of Jack Toretto, or I no, don't know. No, I don't okay. think so. I was stunned that they went, that they didn't stunt cast Jack Toretto. Like, I was stunned that I didn't recognize this actor. I thought he was a great actor. I, like, eventually... You no, know, he's a guy, he's the star of Mayans MC. We looked him up last time, or maybe mm. that was a, a Fast and okay. Furious episode. So he's, like, he's kind of known, because our... In our spoiler-filled episode, we said that we didn't think that Michael Rooker was going to play a huge role or whatever because, like, right. I don't know how we would factor in. Then our yes. guest last time, Corey, was like, you don't get a guy like Michael Rooker and then Who's not bring him back. huge in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. a three-picture deal. Exactly. And so, maybe. But then we're like, you know, to, to certain people, like, the, people who watch Sons of Anarchy and Mayans MC, like... That guy who plays, and I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays his dad is like, oh my God, I can't believe they got him in this movie. But to us, it's just like, oh yeah, like if you haven't seen that one thing, I don't, you don't know, I don't know. That makes sense. And it's sort of like a show within the sort of framework of the culture where it's sort of like um, a lot of like danger on wheels and Yeah, yeah, it fits. It fits. The audience's demographics are are largely overlapped, I would say. But yeah, I loved all that stuff. I was actually quite surprised how much they were going to, I thought we were just going to get the opening part. I didn't think we were going to see the incident as it were no. i didn't think we were going to see you know more like the the street race between bros to the you know to see who runs this town like <laughs> all this stuff was great like that was such a secret to me you know like i i had seen the trailer and everything but there's no way they let any of that slip so i had not read anything about the movie you know after it got delayed i just like sort of went into like lockdown about the movie and everything like that i don't know how else to put it um but like yeah i thought they did a great job of not spoiling any of that um flashback prequel kind of stuff i don't know what else uh i guess the other thing is that uh they got sean wingham back for one scene <laughs> for, like, yep. the hard wingham, hardcore yep. fans you know mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah that was strictly for it. us and like everybody else that like listens to this because we got like a lot of emails like Stasiak was back and i'm like that's one that I promise nobody else really caught. Like that's 
with the broken nose, like that's a deep, deep. Well, cut. that's how they had to do that to sell it. So you, otherwise, I think it was just another guy. But like, if you can sort of track his history as a character, yeah, he's got his nose broke like three or three times or something like that. Yeah, the series. So I guess he's figured like, why fix it at this point? <laughs> it's just gonna get broke again. Brian's gonna break it again. Yeah, dude. Speaking of Brian, how did you feel about the final? Shot oh, I almost movie. cried last, like last, like the first time I I knew, like it was something we talked about that, like it was spoiled, or, like it was in the trailer, but like last night I was just like, oh no, I, like I that's the thing that I might, depending mm. on how it goes in the future, but like, but that might make me tear up, in, like every time we watch this. I got a little welled up when Dom says one time a guy gave me a ten second car, mm. like when he did that this time, I was like, oh. Yeah, I thought it was a great note to end on, and it just made me want to watch the next one immediately, right? And yes. I feel like that's what you need to do with this, is like be sort of exhilarated and kind of exhausted at the end, and then go like, no, but wait, I want more now. Yes. <laughs> now I've got like a, a, a second wind, especially if we're going to get like Shades of Brian coming back and, and, and stuff. Like, I don't even care if he's only in like one scene in the beginning. Like, it's just like great, like cool. As much as you're gonna do, like I'm, I'm excited to say. see him back, and and I think it would be cool for his. I think that we we've now hit a point, and and with them doing it like this, that if he is back and played by his brother in the next one, it's not gonna feel out of touch. Here's where I'm coming from. They don't even need to digitally do his face like like they don't need to have to digitally do his face like just recast him as his brother and like deal with it you know what i'm saying just let it be like they look close enough to begin with plus it's family also you know i mean i don't feel like they have to do the digital mask stuff like he's old enough that they've like aged enough to be similar yeah this is brian now like let's just roll with it it's all up to them you know what i'm saying as far as like what they feel will be respectful as a viewer, it doesn't seem like macabre or wrong or anything in a weird way where it was like, we're going to bring back, I don't know, like Humphrey Bogart to be in a movie next year or something, you know, yeah. like that <laughs> seems much worse where it's like, let's revive, let's like bring someone back from the dead who's and like give them a whole movie and like all this shit. And it's like that, that doesn't really sit well with me as much as just like paying sort of respect to like this person and this character and and if it works for the story that's what it comes down to i guess uh joe what did you notice this time around what were your big takeaways anything that you noticed or did you say everything in 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 conversation already i threw a bunch of them in one of the last ones that i have i really like that in this one at the barbecue they have a callback to the forehead joke because I know how much that makes Rachel laugh, how much she likes that. You better hide that big ass forehead. They make like Tyrese <laughs> makes another forehead joke in this one, and it just felt really, really nice. Like in that moment, it was just like another callback that like I really noticed this time enough to like be like, oh yeah, like that's fucking awesome. Well, we get that's one of two hungries that we get too. Yes, oh, that yes. was so fun. When when they have the shot where you see Jacob, like you you get like the like they show you like the wheel and his foot getting out of the door. And then they have Jacob standing there, like, with binoculars or something, like, looking down at Dom, like, when they're, like, running through the minefields. In that moment, Jacob has his his cross necklace, like, 
over the back of his shoulder, yes. and it was. And it's like <laughs> there's never a world that this would happen in, but like for the framing of the shot, it's like oh, this is really badass. Yes. But then I thought about it logically, and I'm like, there's no way you get out of the car and your chains like half draped over your shoulder, and you don't just like move it down just naturally to be like this feels weird. I love that shot, and I'm watching the movie, and I go, oh, that that was definitely um, like a previs kind of drawing or whatever like you know we need a bunch of like ideas to introduce jacob for the first time it's like all right and like a bunch of guys like gave gave like you know a drawing or something like that like uh doing production art and yes. things and that's how it feels where it's like oh this is fucking badass he's got his chain draped over his shoulder and shit and it's, it's like, like the cover to a comic book or something right yeah like, it's so graphic and the, yeah you're so right like it's so unnatural <laughs> it's so unnatural like this would never have happened in real life but it's great it's a movie you know this movie yeah. reminds you it's a movie so much like and and it's so much fun in so many fun ways like the action is just like a, this action is just like unbelievable like why do i can't even you know wrap my head around the the craziness sometimes of what's going on you know dom doing like a tarzan swing with his car at one point oh, God, and then i know flipping the like quadruple tractor trailer or whatever that tank vehicle thing what do is. they like, call it in spy racers joey what is it called the like the convoy oh no it was something that i didn't remember the cat no it was something that i thought it was something different you're like no, you idiot. Like, I was, I was like, I misheard a word, and it was something that made a lot more sense for it to be called. Let me see if I can find it. Because we need to start calling that thing that, because it is the thing from Spy Racers. Like, if Mike, if you haven't seen Spy Racers, they just have literally this mm-hmm. vehicle that they drive around. There was a cartoon when I was a kid, and it was a toy, and I'm from a million years ago. But, like, do you know about this show, Mask? M A S K? And no. is, oh, so, like, it was about these guys that had cars that would sort of half transform they wouldn't turn into robots but like they would turn into they look just like the car that uh tej and roman were sort of going to space in right like it would be driving on the ground and then it would sort of hit a button and it would grow like gull wings and like rockets and machine guns and stuff and so i was totally expecting that vehicle to kind of like split apart into like four or five different vehicles that had like one was sort of like airborne one started digging underground like one just like went really fast around the streets and things and i don't know I was like, that's definitely somewhere they could start going with their cars is like, again, not having them turn into robots full on, although making them more tricked out like a James Bond thing or like, you know, uh, Daigoro's baby car even, where it's just, (laughs) you know, like you hit a switch and it's like rockets and you hit a switch. And like, I feel like we need more of that um, spy hunter kind of gear. The post credit scene, I guess that's the final thing that we uh, have to address. Um, Oh, by the way, the people next to me last night like got up to leave. I'm like, there's a scene. They're like, what? Thanks, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you did your civic duty. Great intro of uh, of ha- of uh, Shaw. Almost called him Hobbs there for a minute. Thought the knock at the door was definitely going to be The Rock. I got to tell you, like when Han was there, I was like, huh? Um, and now I'm not sure what he's doing there. Like, does yeah. it was Shaw in on it? Did nobody contact him knowing that Cypher had him by the balls and was like, do this and I'll see what I can do? And he's like, all right, I want I want to play the game. I want to help my friends. I want to be on the right side, but Cypher's got me by the balls. I'm a bollocks. <laughs> you know? And he's like, Mr. Nobody's like, well, pretend to kill Han and we'll sort it out from there in the next movie. He's like, right, all mate. And <laughs> I need to know what's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, Deckard... I don't know. 
again, this is the kind of thing where, like, in, in retrospect, things like the puzzle pieces might fall into place with what Dom knows, what Mr. Nobody knows, what Mr. Nobody's told people. It's I mean, really they're, all, they're just rewriting things all the time, right? So Yeah, knows? because cause, cause they could seriously be in, reintroduced having a beer together, laughing with a bunch of bruises on their face, going like, ah, oh, like, uh, you know, it's a good thing, like, we worked that out before like, we get called back into action or something. Like, they could just, like, I hope they don't. I hope it's, like, a really awesome, like, five-minute-long one-shot fight between the two of them that like falls down into the street and into pubs and like onto rooftops and stuff and has to be broken up by like the rock uh, but like i just don't i mean again like i can't i can't wait i need to know it's such a weird thing because like it being a post-credit scene based on the other ones that we've seen like they were like letty's still alive deckard killed like jason statham killed han these are like what we're working with beforehand so for this one to come in it's like this has to be something really monumental but like i really can't place where they're trying to go with this like it's yeah. not very overt like it doesn't well it's not- wes messaged us before we started recording that he's been listening to that entertainment weekly binge podcast and he's sending some stuff for that we're going to read in future episodes of the mailbag but apparently when asked about this sung kang said one word giselle and like I, that doesn't make any sense like that's that's mm. i don't know what that means either like i don't i don't know so it doesn't help at all it's no. like Okay, cool. Like, is he trying to get vengeance for Giselle, or? Well, maybe they'll be fighting, and he, he'll like be about to kill Shaw, and Shaw's like, "Giselle's alive," and, you know, like chokes it out of him or something. Like, and he's like, "What?" It's good to like, you know, Bucky's still alive. Is there thing. is there any timeline here that we see that Gal Gadot doesn't come back to this? I don't think so. I think she's definitely coming back for the grand finale. I think the curtain call, they're getting everybody, you know, everybody that wants to, I think, you know, they're going to, you know, call Hector in and be like, for give sure. him, give him a yeah. bazooka. <laughs> you know, he's going to be like, I've been waiting, homie. Like, I've been waiting <laughs> by the phone for like 10 years. <laughs> I think the gal is going to wind up at least in the last one and at least like in like a couple scenes. Like, it's not going to be like, maybe she doesn't need to be there the whole time, but like by the end in the final battle, she has to be involved, right? It could be smart to reintroduce her in the female spinoff. That would be awesome. Then they need to change the time again. It would need to be set, mm. like, between six and seven. I mean, not if she's still alive. That's, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's, hmm. Yeah, again, they don't really, it's all fuzzy math in this world anyway. Like, they live in a weird time warp to begin with so like maybe someone's running a device close to the center of the earth that's screwing up the rotation of the planet causing like people to age incorrectly <laughs> on certain parts of the world i don't know <laughs> it's just that damn movie with um the m night Shyamalan old oh. movie on the beach that's yeah. what it is they've hit the old beach too many times <laughs> yeah joe in the inspirations it's called the hauler h-a-u-l-e-r Okay, which I thought was called the holler, H O L L E R, like in uh, no. Justified, but no, the hauler. So yeah. I don't like that. You know, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> okay. I just I thought it was a cooler name than that. It, it, Same. It's not. Dom and Letty not wearing seatbelts when they swing across the lack of a bridge, which is interesting. <laughs> oh, I thought it was kind point. of funny that Mia has to get to the Caspian Sea by herself. Like, they all go to this middle-of-nowhere place, like, you know, Mr. Nobody's secret hideaway, and then Mia just shows up alone. It's like, you you got here by yourself? Like, why didn't anyone help you? Like, just, not that <laughs> yeah. she needs help, but just like, hey, we're all going to go together, and like, Mia, you can just catch up later. It's just like, no, that doesn't. It's doesn't a hidden matter. bunker in the middle of the Caspian Sea. Like, did she just drive a boat there by herself? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, give her kind of like more of a fun introdu- reintroduction. Well, I guess she was doing Brian stuff. 
and like I, couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian's doing babysitting stuff. I don't know. When they're doing Project Ares and they have that simulation that shows like the world being conquered, it seems to originate in like Atlanta or Nashville, like sort of south, southern, but not like Florida really? or Texas, but like sort of like in that area. So I don't know if that's just like a simulation or maybe we're going to go there at some point. I don't know. Go back to oh. Ludacris's backyard. I have no idea. So here's another thing about Otto. So Otto says his Interpol friends, which we realize is Cardi B and stuff. So maybe he's in, maybe he's tied in there somehow. I don't know. Because Cardi also in that scene mentions, quote, how fine her ass looks in a white dress. So she was at the party. She was at the party. Otto basically says that everyone there is on his payroll. There's just more, possibly more in play there with Otto as well. I think it was more of like, it was a double cross that he thought that everybody there was on his payroll. But ultimately, like, the allegiance to Dom from Cardi is greater because of their sister relationship. Like, Otto yeah. just doesn't yeah. know this. That, that's how I read it. Right, because Dom knows her. Not the her, Dominican. but... No, he knows her from... I think he knows I think he knows her from the DR, because he says Kara's yeah. little sister done good or whatever. Yeah, and she and Kara was a character in a previous movie, right? In like, Los Bondoleros in the beginning of 4. Yeah. So that is just an insane deep cut that I mean, oh, yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Wes caught that one, not me, man. But, oh, yeah. man, like, that's the kind of shit I appreciate, and that's the attention to detail, man. So, like... It's like going back and trying to find not even like necessarily the best places to insert, but like just kind of like the most fun sort of obscure like ways to bring someone in and out like that. Mm -hmm. I like like I liked learning that about the Cardi B character, even if I didn't really pick it up in the moment. I was like, oh, okay, well, then. That's cool. It's more like Elle is maybe the one character I have the most problem with in the entire movie because she's like, Why? she's like, yeah, yeah, she's like not even really a person. She's just a thing. She's just an activation device, really. And like, I just think that's too messy. They're right. going to make her a bigger character, I'm sure. They did a great job expanding on um, Ramsey's character. Uh, she's fitting in very well. And the actor seems very comfortable. In the flashback in the garage at 1327 where Jack is tell- talking to Dom and, and Jacob about the like the most important things in life and treating cars well or whatever, Mia nowhere to be found. And I was just thinking about it like how in Hobbs and Shaw, Owen nowhere to be found. Like maybe she's just not around, but just like, oh, there's this whole family moment and Mia not there. Yeah. So When the dad is killed and, and Dom goes to prison, Jacob goes to live with Buddy, but... Not yes. home with Mia and his actual mom? Well, no, because Dom's there. No, but Dom's in prison. That's after Dom kicks Jacob out. Oh, he didn't just skedaddle immediately. He hung around as yes. No, yeah, no. When when Dom's yes. in prison, Jacob's living it up. Like, he's king shit. Yeah. With, he's I like, gotcha. He's right. out of the shadow of his older brother, and then that's when, you know, that's why he's, like, winning these races and whatever. That's when Dom comes back and is like... Oh, okay. He says, you, you win... You come back home, you leave, you don't stop driving. Okay, so the or thing you lose, that I, you don't stop driving. Okay, right. So I guess the thing I'm missing is like the sit down between siblings where <laughs> they kind of just like streamlined it for me a little because we get this information from a lot of different characters like distantly. So like when Buddy is telling Dom that Jacob crashed at my place for a while, my mind went to right after right when you went to prison he went to buddies but that's not what happened he's there for a year after dom beats him in the race and how long was dom in prison for again two Two years years. two years in lompoc i ain't never Never going going back back. two years even though it sounds like it looks like he's got a great thing going on there yeah he's working in the motor pool like no one's messing with him um he's Mm -hmm. making friends he seems like he's fine yeah the only other note that i have is that you know 
my favorite character, favorite character name in any of these movies is exceedingly handsome guy in Tokyo Drift, the race starter. There's someone <laughs> in this, and I don't know who it is, credited, I don't remember if it's a man or a woman, credited as Ferocious Professional, which I was just like, that's a fucking cool-ass character name. Like, in the closing credits, I was just, like, looking and seeing, you know, if there's anything I could glean. I was like, and, like, the last build person before, like, a gap and there's like, other nonsense or whatever is Ferocious Professional. I was like, okay, pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Speaking of names, um, Queenie is Mother Shaw's yes. first name. That's a fish because I thought I think it's her nickname. We've we've known that for a couple of movies though. Like that's not new. No, I know that they've been calling her Queenie, but I thought that it was like she's saying that's actually my first. That's my actual name. Like my name is Queenie Shaw. Her name is Magdalene. Magdalena. Oh, okay. M a g d e d a l e n a. I definitely yeah. forgot that, and that's not until part eight, right? That she comes into the picture. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't come in until eight. She's only in eight Hobbs and nine. She's the only one that's right. in those three right. movies. Okay. Cool. All right, yeah. Well, I like that she's Queenie now. She's got a code name or whatever. <laughs> like she's yeah. going by that. Joe, any other thoughts? You want to play uh, a game? I think we should play a game. Cool. Actually, Mike, do you have new rankings for us? You don't have to. If you have new rankings, you can. If you don't, that's also fine. I actually do. I don't quite remember what my old rankings were, um, but I have new rankings for you if you'd like. Yes, please. Hit us with it. Okay, and I feel like these are pretty similar to the old ones. So I go uh, three. Gotta just can't, can't wait can't, at the top. Can't stop right now with part three, especially after watching this movie. I put three at the top. Three was your fourth one last time. Oh wow! Ooh. Shifting gears. Yeah. Seriously. Then we got two. Well, that went from seven to two. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. that's how much I ended up liking Roman. <laughs> then one. Wait, is this? Yeah, this is the right line. That one, that was your eighth favorite one, Mike. Mike, what, oh what is going God. on here? I don't know, man. Everything is becoming recontextualized, and I've been watching, you know ones and you know from time to time and uh then we got six uh that was your first okay okay then we got four okay wow so that was that was six so you still want a five in here this is this is wild oh wait i don't no oh i'm sorry okay five is first that is crazy five is first i'm sorry (laughs) i I wrote over it i scribbled it out i scribbled out okay because that was your number two before okay so that applies everything down okay okay that makes a little bit more sense okay Okay. yes five three two one six four. Yep. Nine, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, then seven. That was fifth. Okay. Uh, then Hobbs and Shaw, which was <laughs> yeah. third. Okay. And then eight, which which was know, which was your last one before. Okay. All right. Wild. Crazy how much uh, things have changed. You scared me for a second. I was like, this Sorry is complete. I mean, it's still it's still largely completely different, but at least five is in its rightful place at the top of the list. Yeah, I sorry about that audience as well. Like, I didn't mean to give anybody a heart attack. People I, like pulling over their cars, like having a park conversation <laughs> on the highway. I felt yeah. something was a little off with those. I was like, was three number one? Ah, fuck it. Maybe it was, but <laughs> absolutely wild. Yeah, man, these are wild times. So the only games so we're not going to play, dude. What's my car? We're going to save that for the new guest episodes and the main episodes. But we are going to play. Boy, do or this ain't no ten second race, aka boy, do we have a podcast for you? So we're going twitter.com. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. AKA the Bird app. Find any tweet from any person who might like the podcast. Respond to them with some kind of customized tweet that says, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Link to the show page with some hashtags. So I found, to review last time, the episode with Corey just last week, Kyle Buchanan, at Kyle Buchanan. Vin Diesel and Helen Mirren have incredible chemistry in F9. I believe their character should have kissed, so I asked Mirren if she'd be willing. And then I said, we need all the Helen Mirren slash Queenie and Vin Diesel slash Dom slash fiction we can get in our life. Boy, do we have a podcast, have a podcast for, for you. you. 
Nothing. Of course not. Joe, you found Brandon Ray at the Brandon Ray. F9 was the perfect movie for returning to theaters. Completely batshit insane. It made no sense. was amazing. 10 out of 10. We could not agree more, Brandon. Boy, do we have a podcast, podcast for, for you. you. Nothing. And then as mentioned on the episode with Corey, Corey found Nick Nolan at Nick Nolan PhD. I'm doing it for my friends, but mostly my familia. I'm binge watching the Fast and Furious movies. I'm three days and five films in. I'm burning brain cells faster than Dom Toretto can drink a Corona. I have zero regrets. <laughs> We're so excited for you to be on this journey that you're on. Also, while we have no proof that Dom has ever finished a Corona, we do know how fast he starts them. Boy, do we have a podcast for, for you. you. And we have one. Hold on, Mike. You you don't know how this game works. Okay, why? <laughs> Delete that tweet that you just did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. I don't. I forgot, you guys. Please describe what this one is. Okay. Yeah, so there were a bunch of memes this week about family and Dom being mm-hmm. inserted into a bunch of different movies, and they're all, like, a lot of fun and really clever, and um, I'm laughing a lot, but, like, I saw this before those were were coming out and this isn't a family tweet this isn't like a meme in that in that way so what it is is it's the scene from the animated classic disney movie the lion king when scar is throwing mustafa off of the cliff to murder him he lands on dom's front hood of the car (laughs) and gets pulled into the drive into the passenger seat and saved and that is the uh, the sort of progression. So I just said, boy, do we have a podcast for you? And I linked them to our show. Now, Joe, please hit us with yours. I got Adila CH at Adila CSV. She said, I think it's, yeah, she says, watched F9 the other day. An absolute delight to watch Helen Mirren as Queenie. She is 75 and still breaking heart and berries to next level. From John Cena's debut to Cardi B's cameo, from action to emotional factors, loved every bit of it. Tags the Fast Saga, tags John Cena, tags Cardi B. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. We loved it too, and we talked all about it here. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. I tried to search for one that was like Fast 9 Auto, and it was just like 20 tweets that were like, Auto was definitely gay in that movie, right? And I was like, I don't know. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, it was a bunch of different people saying it. I am going with Annette Miller at Try Hard Annette. I loved me some F9. They talked an awful lot about Giselle. If my baby isn't resurrected in 10, I don't want it. Cool. And then a gif of Giselle saying, any questions? Oh, I like it. Same and same, though we're contractually obligated to watch it. (laughs) Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. It seems easy. It seems like this should be the time where everything happens. And everybody replies to everything. Yeah. And yet, nothing seems to be the case. Nope. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. You'll be back on not this upcoming because the next episode that we're doing is a bonus episode for Patreon, but you'll be on our next Patreon bonus episode, the bonus episode for August, which we have not said yet what it is, but you'll be on that episode. So you'll be back before too long, at least for the people who who kick over that sweet, sweet coin. But thank you for being here. What would you like to plug? What do you want to tell people about? The new show, The Monsters That Made Us, with me and my co-host Dan Cologne, where we are currently talking about all 31 of the original Universal Monster movies. And we're going uh, pretty deep, diving pretty deep in the, into those and the history of that. And it's been a lot of fun. Currently, the episode out right now is Son of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I believe the next one will be the 
Invisible Man Returns. So things are going pretty well over there, having a lot of fun. They can't get away from sequels even a hundred years ago. It's all sequels. It's all sequels. Dude, Son of Frankenstein's a great part three. Like, it's amazing. (laughs) There's like six of these movies. No, there's there's more than that. But there's there's like nine of these movies, and there's already three Frankensteins. It's like, guys, you have all the creatures in the world. I know. Wasn't that, what was that, what was that, like, Mank or something? Isn't that what they did in, they, like, come in and they're like, it's a zombie guy, but he's also this, and they, like, write the movie while they're drunk. Wasn't it Mank, the Oscar movie that just came Maybe. out? Maybe. Short for Mankowitz. That's about writing Citizen Kane, I believe. I didn't yeah. see it yet. I'm looking forward to it. They do, like, a, they do, like, a pitch where, like, they all, they're like, we have to come up with a new movie idea, and they're like, we have nothing. So they, like, get drunk and then, like, walk in and, like, write a, a monster movie. Like, they do it, like, cool. um, thought of consciousness. Like, one person uh-huh. starts, and they, like, keep passing the story around, and the guy's like, yeah, that works. Good job. And, like, <laughs> the, yeah. The guy stands up and goes, I think you just invented improv. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, as always, there is Third Time's a Charm, which is still going strong. As uh, as Brian said over on his show, the long con seemed to have worked. I have, I have, the show is still there, <laughs> teasing its demise, but it survived. And come check us out over there. Larson had just uh, stopped by. We we're talking about Police Academy 3. Cool. Come check that out. Joey and I, uh, we started doing Elvis podcasts again. So come listen to Viva Pop Well, Vegas. one of them. I gave Mike well, an open know. invitation. Like, anytime you want to do another one, just come down. You're like, okay. And that hasn't happened again. Because oh. it's, it's only been a month, right? Has it only been, has it been two months? Has it been a month? It'll, I have oh. no idea. I do, I do know that when Pig comes out next week, we have to, or actually this week as this comes out, we might have to do a Pig Elvis double feature. Yes, I would be down for that. So the uh, Viva Pod Vegas, keep checking on that. Cage Club with Joey and myself. Again, like it just said, Pig coming soon. Check out for that. Yeah, and every all the other fine shows over at cageclub.me. Cool. Well, Joe, the next episode we're doing as teased is a bonus episode, a Patreon bonus episode with a past guest, a fan favorite, Garrett Smith. Mm -hmm. And we've got Cars, the Pixar movie Cars, as well as the reason we're doing it, honestly, is because there's a short film called Tokyo Mater. Um, So (laughs) I guess Tokyo Drift, maybe there's an eight minute short. They're both on Disney Plus. So both the movie and the short are on Disney Plus. If you want to watch along, Tokyo Mater and the original, the first Cars. I was saying to Rachel, like, when I was looking at our schedule that, like, I don't think I've seen Cars since it, like, first, like, I saw it in theaters with my little sister, and then I saw it maybe once on DVD when it came out, but, like, I haven't seen it since, so, like, hopefully, hopefully we have another Turbo experience here where we get a lot of fast connections for no reason. Maybe, maybe. We will find out very soon. That's the next episode probably coming out early next, so if you're listening on the Patreon feed, It'll probably be out early next week. And then after that, the next main episode for everybody is Larson's Patreon pick, his $10 a month pick. We are doing a foreign film called Burnout, a boarding from 2014. I'm probably mispronouncing the actual original title, but Burnout from 2014 coming next week on the main feed to everyone. So pretty cool. He has some great picks, so I'm excited. That's cool. I was actually thinking about the other day about uh, the music videos that we did for Michelle Rodriguez, and I'm like, I wonder why we did that. I was like, oh, right, because Larson picked those. So that was uh, again you know not my favorite episode that we've done but like that was definitely the, my m- the most fun most creative i think pick that we've had was just like oh yeah we could just do weird random ass shit right yeah, so, yeah yeah he thinks outside the box a little bit it's pretty cool or outside the bun for all things too fast too <laughs> forever you go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com get your name shouted out get early episodes yeah. Pick what we watch Do and that. support the show. Too Fast Too Forever.com. Store Too Fast Too Forever.shop. 
and come back next week for burnout and if you want to hear the episode on cars where we're just like i hope this is good check out our patreon again too fast too forever.com i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and i'm mike manzi and we'll tell you all about it when we see you